Bibles, please, for our first reading to Psalms 38 and 39. Psalm 38, verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. A psalm of David to bring to remembrance. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength Faileth me, as for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things, and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not. And I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. But mine enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not. O Lord, O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Psalm 39, to the chief musician, even to Jeduthun, a psalm of David. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is, that I may know how frail I am. 
Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Salah. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb, I opened not my mouth, because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me, I am consumed by the blow of thine hand. When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. O spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. So there is a common element in these two psalms. I think it's fairly easy to see. Uh, In the title of Psalm 38, we have a psalm of David to bring to remembrance. What is David bringing to remembrance in Psalm 38 and we might even say Psalm 39? Well, he's bringing into remembrance the knowledge of his sin. So this is, uh, this is helpful, this is instructive for us in that we are encouraged by David's, by David's example to examine ourselves and to remember our own sins. Um, Psalm 38 is almost, not, not all, but almost entirely taken up with David's remembrance of his own sin in different facets, different aspects of looking at his own sin. First of all, David will cry out and say that, that um, well, O Lord, right? And L-O-R-D in caps, that's that covenant name of God. That's the name that we use when we're calling upon God for his covenant mercy. And so he will say, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. I don't know if you, if you, if you got this or not, but David is not asking that the Lord would remove his his chastening, that the Lord would remove entirely his anger, what he's asking is that he would not be punished according to God's vindictive justice, but rather he might be punished according as a son might be punished. So not in thy wrath, Lord. Don't, don't, uh, don't punish me in that way. Um, not in thy wrath and neither in thy hot displeasure. David is not asking that he, that he would be free from chastisement. The Bible tells us very clearly in Proverbs and in Hebrews chapter 12 that if we are without chastisement, the Lord is treating with us as illegitimate and not true sons. So David is not asking that he would not be chastised, but that he would not be treated in this way in God's anger and wrath, but instead as a loving father. And so David, I think, distinguishes here from one and the other And I think we should as well. That whenever uh, those of us who belong to the Lord meet with some temporal difficulty or affliction or disappointment 
or deprivation or whatever it is, loss, that we can meet with it knowing that we are the Lord's children, that it deals with us, that he deals with us as a faithful father and that he's not dealing with us in his wrathful or vengeful anger, right? His wrathful and vengeful anger has been satisfied upon Christ in our stead. That account is empty, beloved. That cup has been drained to the dregs by Christ. That does not mean that God will never be angry with his children, that he will never uh, chastise them, punish them, and so on. He will, but he does so out of love. He does so out of his fatherly care. And as we read in Lamentations chapter 3 from the prophet Jeremiah, we will also go so far as to say that God takes no pleasure in that. He's not simply a meanie and he, and he wants to see a squirm. No, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, chasten except toward that which is necessary for us that we would learn to repent. And this is what David is brought to in Psalm 38. He is brought to repentance. And so we see that the Lord's loving and chastising and fatherly hand upon David had its right effect. All right, so the other thing that uh, is very noticeable in Psalm 38 is that not only is it a remembrance of David's sin, but it's a deep remembrance. When David will speak of his own sin here, and I don't think he's talking about physical injury when he says my wounds stink and are corrupt and all of that. He's talking about that, um, those sins that are what we might call indwelling sin even in the soul of a believer. And he says these things are stinky and corrupted things. These things are, are, are horrid. They're, they're foul. And so the depth of David's remembrance of his sin, I think in Psalm 38, is notable. That he doesn't soft pedal, he doesn't excuse. We don't hear David mitigating or minimizing his sins at all, but taking them in their full tale, right? In that full measure of what they truly are. So listen to these words. Mine iniquities are gone over my head. They are as a heavy burden, too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt. I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. My loins are filled with a loathsome disease. There's no soundness in my flesh. Feeble and sore broken. I'm, I've roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Notice that those aren't what my friends and kinsmen are doing to me. These are the things that I see when I examine myself, David says. So they're in verses 4 through 8. But what does that do for a son? Notice verse 9. Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. And so what does David do with all of that loathsomeness? This is not an Adam and Eve moment where they go and hide in the bushes. This is David coming to his father with his loathsomeness. Right? It's a full and free confession of sin in all of its heinousness before God so David is a good example there now outside what's going on well he's being persecuted uh, they also that seek after my life they, they lay snares for me they seek my hurt they speak mischievous things they imagine deceits all day long but notice David's response to that as a deaf man I heard not I was as a dumb man 
that openeth not his mouth. Thus, as a, I was as a man that heareth not, in whose mouths are no in whose mouth are no reproofs. Why? For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. My deliverance is not firing on my accusers. My deliverance is found in the Lord and Him alone. <coughs> so then, uh, David has presented his case. Uh, with regard to his sin before the Lord, now he presents his case with regard to his persecution before the Lord. And in both cases, the Lord will hear him and will restore him. Uh, David's confidence in that is, Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God, be not far from me, verse 21. And then in verse 22, Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. And notice here that in verse 21, David says, O Lord, that is Jehovah, the covenant name, then, O oh my God, Elohim, the strong and mighty one, and then make haste to help me, O Lord Adonai, my master, with regard to my salvation. And so he uses all of those three divine names that the Lord is commonly known by in Scripture. All right, so that's uh, Psalm 38. Psalm 39 has something in common with that, in that, once again, it is a psalm of David, except this time it is... It is not just to bring to remembrance, but it is also specifically delivered into the hand of Jejuthun, the chief musician, for use in public worship. Not that Psalm 38 is not for public worship, but Psalm 39 has this, this added uh, benefit of being explicitly uh, titled as such. So we have uh, something akin at the beginning of Psalm 39 to what we heard earlier today in Psalm 37. David here says, I am before the wicked. I said, I will take heed to my ways. I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was done with silence. I held my peace, even from good. My sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. So all the way through the first half of verse 3, we see David keeping silent even when he sits before the wicked. No rebuke in his mouth, no correction in his mouth. He's sitting quietly. Then in uh, the end of chapter 3, David says, And then I spake with my tongue. And what did he say? Oh, you wicked! No, not at all. He doesn't address the wicked at all. What, is it? what does he say? Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Not exactly the speech we were perhaps anticipating. Yet, David, I think, is, is doing that same thing that, you know, thousands of years later, Jonathan Edwards will do. What did Jonathan Edwards say about the sins of others? Do you remember what he said? He said, when I ever behold the sins of others... I am resolved that, that I will make use of that in such a way to remember my own sins and that no one has sinned as deeply as I have. Roughly paraphrased. I don't have that one memorized. What did David do? David was sitting before the wicked. He kept silence. He watched and all of this stuff was pent up inside him. And when he finally opened his mouth and the floodgates broke loose, what did he say? Lord, make me to know Mine end, the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Let me make use of the wickedness of others in such a way then 
that I would recognize my own sin and frailty. So this kind of humility is, is how we want to uh, hear David, and, and, and it's that kind of humility that he gives us as an example that we would want to follow. <clears throat> now he will talk about not just the wicked, but he will talk about all men and their weakness. I don't know, maybe some of you will remember in my first back surgery a few years ago, Psalm 39 was, was one of my stays. Um, let me know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. We don't necessarily think of ourselves that way, do we? We don't want to be reminded, say, how frail we are, do we? Yet, David asks the Lord specifically for that. <clears throat> and then he will go on to talk about the frailty of men. In verse 5, uh, we have days as a handbreadth. We are uh, at our best state, altogether vanity. What is vanity? That means it's light, it's nothing. Right? Um, every man walks in a vain show, an image, uh, uh, a phantasm. They are disquieted in vain. They heap up riches. They know not uh, who shall gather them. Disquieted in vain. This is where we relate to Psalm 37. Get mad, get mad because there's all this stuff going on. In vain. It's in vain. We're disquieted in vain, David says. It's our frailty that we ought to be focusing on instead. So then, verse 7 is where the psalm turns that corner that many of the psalms do turn. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from my transgressions and make me not the reproach of the foolish. In verses 9 and 10, David will say, the reason I was quiet before is because it was thy hand upon me so that I might learn how frail I was. Thou didst it. So then he asks that the Lord would remove his stroke because if the Lord would strike at us, we are consumed by the blow of thy hand. Yet we do desire that chastisement of the Lord. So then, verse 12, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not my peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as all my fathers were. You see the dripping humility throughout these two psalms. Very good example for us. Spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more, David says. Lord, if you punish me for my sins, it's going to bring me to nothing. So, two psalms then that speak about <clears throat> bringing our sins to remembrance with humility. Uh, applying unto the Lord for his mercy, uh, learning how to treat rightly with those who are fellow sinners, that we don't become haughty over them, that rather we turn those guns inward rather than outward. And then that we look unto the Lord, uh, especially under his chastisements, knowing that the Lord is not rebuking us in vengeful anger, but in fatherly displeasure for our good. Psalm 38 and 9. Let's stand and call upon the Lord in